Life is short, too short for many of us. Welcome to It's About Time, helping you make the most of life in the days you have. I'm your host, Katherine Hammond, and my experience as an estate attorney, working with clients professionally, while also living a very real, sometimes painful life has taught me a lot. You don't have to do the tricky parts of life alone. Here in this space, we navigate them together. This podcast helps you live as fully, bravely, and beautifully as possible in the ups and downs of your real life. This is a place to make the most of life when you don't have forever. And let's face it, none of us has forever. Welcome. Let's dive in. In August of 2019, I had just come home from a coaching conference. I had been out of town for five days and I got home and I was excited to say hello to my then boyfriend, Brian. And within 15 minutes of when I arrived home, he went into the bathroom and I heard him vomit and then he started screaming. And I came running in and eventually called 911. He was coughing up blood. And after several hours in the hospital, they couldn't tell exactly what was going on inside of him, but they knew that they had to open him up. They knew that there was something happening in his abdomen. And so they rolled him down the hallway into surgery. And the doctor told me that there was about a 50-50 chance that he was going to survive. He didn't die that night, but we did find out that he had cancer. It was a 19-centimeter desmoid tumor, which is a very rare form of cancer. There's no way to fix it. Primarily, what we do is we just hope that it doesn't come back. And for most people, it doesn't. And so we went on with our lives and he got regular CT scans. And nearly two years later, it did come back. And he had now a number of tumors in his abdomen. And in that moment, we looked at each other, both knowing that Once it comes back, it will typically continue to come back and there is no way to prevent it. And so we both knew that this cancer will likely be the way that he exits this life and that we don't, we don't know exactly how much time he has. He did a round of chemo two years ago that he cannot repeat. There are a couple of other treatments that could be down the road for us, but no fixes, only the hope of maybe being able to prolong his life. We don't talk much about death, but we're all, every one of us, on the way to experiencing it. We're all dying. How does it feel when I say that? Does it feel uncomfortable? maybe offensive? Do you want to turn off this podcast and move on to something happier? I invite you to notice that. What happens for you? We're afraid of death because death is the 
ultimate vulnerability. And our sense of invulnerability, keeping death and harm away from us, that keeps us safe. It keeps us safe physically. It keeps us safe emotionally, we think. And we try to put up walls against everything that could possibly hurt us in life. But vulnerability is actually where life comes alive. Think about it. That's why we do extreme sports. When you're doing something that exhilarating that comes with some danger, there, there's no moment when we feel more alive than that. And that's honestly some of the feeling that I've had in those moments when I've been facing my own or somebody else dear to me's mortality. Making peace with our mortality allows us to finally come alive. And it's like theater curtains. You can't open one side of the theater curtains without the other side opening. You can't open your emotions and your sense of aliveness in one direction without opening it in the other direction. We can't fully open to all of the beauty and joy with all, without also opening towards the sorrow and the fear and the vulnerability. And most of us are sleepwalking through good portions of our own lives because we're afraid, because we're afraid of being vulnerable. But abundant life, abundant life is what we're here for. Even Jesus said that. And abundant life starts with holding this truth that our time on earth is limited. Birth and death, light and dark, they're all intertwined. We can't have one without the other. The theater curtains must open both ways. Most people on their deathbeds have regrets. You've probably heard of the top five regrets of the dying. We have regrets around the ways in which we didn't live fully. Regrets around the ways in which we didn't resolve the guilt that comes with living as a human. We have regrets around the ways in which we didn't fully accept ourselves and we didn't fully accept others and we didn't fully accept the lives that we were actually given. Susan Cain wrote a beautiful book called Bittersweet, How Sorrow and Longing Make Us Whole. And she talks in this book about how the death sentence has come. For all of us. In fact, it was here already from the moment that each of us were born. So the question is, what do you live for when you realize that you have a death sentence? If we open ourselves, that death sentence leads to a discovery of your meaning and purpose in life. And that's exactly why my husband, Brian, calls his incurable cancer bittersweet. 
Most of us want to ignore the death sentence until we just can't ignore it anymore. And we think that keeps us safe. It's part of what the reason why people put off estate planning for so long. But instead of keeping us safe, not thinking about our mortality keeps us dead here in the middle of life, the only life that we have. It's not just death we turn away from. It's also pain, our own pain, others' pain. In much of Western culture, certainly in America, we're taught to stuff down that pain, to put on a happy face, stop crying, stop whining. We put on this happy face and then we get blindsided by the pain and suffering that are part of life. But if we, instead of turning away from the pain and suffering, we turn towards the pain and we integrate it, we can then turn towards ourselves and others and the lives that we actually have. And that opens up a different experience of dying and of living. Because underneath our suffering, that suffering that we try to avoid, underneath it is the great longing. And getting in touch with what our particular longing is helps us to live and to die integrated. We discover what really matters to us. We find what's meaningful. And we get to sort out what's not meaningful, what doesn't truly matter to us. We tend to think of sadness and anger as quote unquote negative emotions. We try to avoid them and try to avoid the things that might cause them like pain and dying, but they won't kill us. They're perfectly normal on a daily basis. Most people have some of these emotions and they are messengers to remind us of what really matters. Living a full, rich life means weaving the joy and sorrow into the same beautiful tapestry. Contrast is what makes a painting beautiful. Contrast is what makes a life beautiful. This isn't just an intellectual pursuit. Life happens in ways that we love and in ways that horrify us and break our hearts wide open. It has for me and it has for you. And if it hasn't yet, it will. And in those moments, your sense of meaning and purpose will carry you or your lack of connection to your meaning and purpose will leave you with a sense of existential guilt. William Breitbart is the chair of the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences at Memorial Sloan Kettering in New York, and he works with dying cancer patients. He doesn't work with them to cure them, to extend their lives, or to ease their physical pain. He works with them as the chair of the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences to give them a sense of meaning in the time that they have left. That's 
what I want to do for you is to invite you into discovering your sense of meaning and purpose in the time that you have left. This is the challenge and the invitation in life to truly live in the face of our mortality because it's not going away. And mortality can be a gift. You'll hear that in this series of conversations. It's an invitation to truly live now, no matter what's happening in your world that you may like or you may not like, an invitation to truly live now. It's the difference between living closed and afraid versus living open, open to my life exactly as it unfolds. All of this is very real for me. We're still walking with my husband Brian's incurable cancer. I am learning and practicing all of this in real time too. And that's why I'm doing this series called I'm Dying, How Are You on the podcast. When someone asks how you are, most times society expects us to say, I'm fine, I'm good, how are you? Without really sharing what's going on beneath that. But when we change the question, when we acknowledge the real life stuff that we're all going through on any given day, it invites a conversation that's more real. Because it's not whether you're hurting, it's not whether you're dying, it's what part of you is hurting today. Where is everything not just okay? Where are you dying today? Brian and I will be having conversations on upcoming episodes of this podcast in this series called I'm Dying, How Are You? He is one of my greatest teachers. He's done a ton of thinking of and questioning of the world and of life. And our conversations about life always show me something new. So I'm excited to invite you into our world. What I know is that engaging with the light and the dark, engaging with the full spectrum of living, which includes the end of our lives, not just the beginnings. This is one of the surest paths to deeper, more fulfilling, more satisfying life and relationships, which is what we all want. Facing our mortality helps us fall in love with being alive while we're here. And isn't that what we all really want? To be in love with life today? To let ourselves be happy today while we still can? Today is ultimately the only day we have. I love you, and I'm on this journey with you. I'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us today. Please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you could take just a couple of minutes to write a review of this podcast wherever you listen, that will help others find us here too. For more information and support for your real life, head to katherinehammond.life or follow me on Instagram. For estate planning in the state of Colorado, you'll find my estate planning and elder law firm, Hammond Law Group, at coloradoestateplan.com. Mm-hmm.